0: My name is Dr. Khadija Ali Coleman, founding director of Black Family Homeschool Educators and Scholars. I'm also a former homeschooling mother. I graduated my daughter, my only child, in 2021. I homeschooled her off and on through P-12, and today I will offer tips on homeschooling your only child. So for starters, my daughter has an older sister on her dad's side who is 10 years older and was not raised in the home with us. So although she's not technically an older child, an only child, um, she was raised as one in our home and is my only child by birth. Um, She attended public and private schools for a few years in elementary school, but I homeschooled her for part of kindergarten, all of fifth and sixth grade, and all of high school. I chose homeschooling for a variety of reasons. Um, but primarily because I was concerned by some of the teachings um, and, and just the practices engaged at different levels throughout her traditional school experience. And I was afraid my daughter's love of learning will be destroyed. I produced a whole short film about it, and you can check that out if you want after this Coffee Talk. So in this Coffee Talk, I am going to offer five tips When homeschooling an only child, and I will start with each tip with an overview of the tip and the skill set that you as a parent um, need to work on to be able to optimize your homeschooling practice, so of course, this is based on my own personal experiences. and should be modified to fit your experience, but I think each tip offers, um, offers you a great place to start, so are you ready? Okay, let's go. So, My first tip is to recognize the communal aspects of homeschooling. And so you want to integrate homeschooling in your day-to-day routine. So one of the things my daughter liked to do early was to write and read, um, two very solitary activities. And it initially gave me the impression that when we began to homeschool, she would naturally want to do her studies alone or need really limited oversight. But I learned early that in her elementary school years, she really needed to be able to be in the same space as me, even if she was doing solitary activities. Um, And especially when doing math and learning activities um, where she had questions or she needed direction. Um, She liked having her own writing spaces and spaces um, on the bookshelves and a home library for her own books, and she took ownership of those spaces, and it helped to integrate homeschooling in her life as a practice that was not separate from day-to-day living activities. Um, So when I say integrate homeschooling your day-to-day, recognizing that you don't have to set up in your house a separate homeschooling room. Um, we literally um, had this space called the Learning Center. And we still refer to it as the Learning Center to this day, but really right now it is um, the space where our tools are. So books and games and supplies and things like that. But it started off as being the separate space to learn because when I started was really still in that traditional mindset of having to have like a classroom in the school. Um, but when you integrate homeschool in your day-to-day, you realize that learning is taking place throughout. So um, a classroom could be in the living room, it could be in the kitchen, cooking. Cooking um, is a very um, lesson-laden activity because you it, it just is very interdisciplinary from math and science to um, getting that kinesthetic um, movement on, um, following directions, communication skills. And so understanding that in your day-to-day, Um, activities and your routines, learning is happening. So with an only child, you want to figure out what are those ways that you can integrate learning in connection with your child um, so that um, they're not so isolated or necessarily doing things as solitary activities. Um, And you begin to see learning and positive youth developing happening at all times and everywhere, and you begin to see learning in every aspect. So as a parent, you have to strengthen this muscle as you recognize the communal aspects of homeschooling. So that's number one. Integrate homeschooling in your day-to-day. Number two. Um, Connection to the outside world is mandatory, not optional, not optional. Um, I think it is important, uh, even if you have multiple children, but definitely with an only child, um, it's important that you as the parent, you're doing your best to curate learning experiences that are connected to engaging with the world at large and interacting with different types of people that accent the learning experience so I put um that disclaimer at the end because many of us are homeschooling because we don't want our children interacting with some of the foolishness and wickedness that we see in the world right um (laughs) out in these streets people be wilding out right um so I'm I'm never of this mindset where um homeschoolers need to just go out and interact with people because who, who wants that even if you're not homeschooling your child you don't want your child just interacting with anybody but I'm talking about within the context of this learning experience you're curating so um, we talk a lot about co-ops and co-ops homeschool collectives homeschool co-ops they serve a purpose they serve the purpose for our only child um, when it came to learning subjects Um, like communication studies or art history or African history, things that I could clearly have taught myself. But um, a co-op really provided this group dynamic, this group dynamic with other homeschooling children, um, which made activities lively and more interesting. Um, For a short while, I homeschooled my nephew as well as my daughter, Um, And it it definitely is a difference in terms of that learning dynamic when another another child is involved in the experience. And so co-ops really serve that purpose for us. Um, We did museums and libraries during special hours for homeschooling families where other children participated. And we always took advantage of workshops, camps and clinics offered um, by places like Microsoft or Parks and Recreation. Um, My daughter was also encouraged to stay in touch with her friends from middle school when she did um, attend traditional school for um, seventh and eighth grade. Um, I feel that these kinds of things lessened isolation, um, but also just gave a different aspect of of learning when you're in um, fellowship with other people. One of the things that I think makes this hard um, for someone, for parents of only children, is if the parent themselves um, are shy or introverted and don't know how to show up in spaces and and engage with other people. um, I would definitely recommend that if this is something that you struggle with as a parent, um, that this is really an area that you should work on strengthening if you choose to homeschool because you don't want um your your tendency to be really interior and not necessarily to interact with other folks to hamper any experiences that your child may have um, because your child is going to be relying on you to help cultivate these space these experience, um, these experiences for them outside of the home, within the home. Um, and you also want to cultivate <laughs> these opportunities for them to do things um, outside of the home because the reality is is that, all the time, it's it's not even humanly possible as a parent for you to be on 24-7, and you want to sometimes enroll your child in a program or an activity or something where you're not the lead facilitator, you're not responsible um, for being there the full period of time, you don't have a relative to drop them off with or have someone else come, you know, so these are just skills and things that you should really cultivate and look at as being beneficial and really... Um, enlivening the experience that an only child can have as, you know, if they're being homeschooled by themselves. Number three, make mental health a priority. So um, a lot of times when people who don't homeschool ask me about homeschooling, it is always framed within this context of what they think they know about learning. So they ask me questions about testing as if that's the only form of assessment or about socialization, which they believe means making friends. It really, socialization's really like indoctrinating or um, socializing someone in the way that you want them to basically go about existing. But I digress. That's not what I am going to talk about right now. What I find interesting is that no one asked about what we did as homeschooling parents to ensure our child's mental health. So when comparing homeschooling to traditional schools, um, folks often refer to Things that traditional schools have, um, such as certified teachers, the tests, other children, but no one really talks about how traditional schools have counselors who are supposed to be on hand to counsel and tend to your child's mental health needs. I will say personally that, you know, my high school experience, um, the counselor that I was assigned was probably one of the most toxic and alienating people that I have yet. know that i've ever met um she was just not a good counselor at all but i had experiences in traditional school with counselors who were really about that business and you know on their job when it came to um, mental health um awareness so when you homeschool you the parent are the one paying attention to those behaviors that may warrant response either by you or a mental health professional. Um, From being around my only child as a homeschooling parent, I was aware of mood shifts and patterns that, frankly, I probably wouldn't have been privy to if she was in school away from me 8 to 12 hours each day. Um, You know, I I recall when she was in traditional school for middle school, um, there were just so many changes and things. that I just was not able to witness because she was in school. Um, I particularly noticed shifts in behavior and, and feelings that my, my daughter experienced just in the um, past few years of COVID. And her last two years of high school were during COVID. Um, and I I know that a lot of the things that, um, impacted her feelings and the thing, the way that she thought had to do with the, the fact that COVID really, um, mandated this modified lifestyle. So we went from having a very active lifestyle where we were homeschooling for us meant going out, you know, art museums, libraries, plays, coming with me to work. Um, and for her, she, she was um, taking community college classes her last two years of high school. I worked at a, a college. And when COVID came, everything really went to Zoom, indoors. Um, and I actually write about this in the chapter of the book, Homeschooling Black Children in the US, that you should pick up. <laughs> but in my chapter, um, I just talk about how um, all of these things impact people in general. Um, but when we think about mental health for homeschooling children, it always seems to focus. I don't think we think about mental health. We think about um are they going to have friends and all you know those kinds of things, but shifts to routines, all you know, moods, hormones, um, just trauma, all of those things impact all people. Um, but when you have your only child that you're homeschooling, um you may not have those things that um, alert you as quickly than if you have multiple children, or if your child is not necessarily being homeschooled. Um, so we talk about a lot of things like within our home we we learn the value of seeking talk therapy, engaging activities just for the fun of it, not because it's some out educational outcome attached. Um, when we talk about wellness, you, you really wellness a lot of times is connected to recreation and just that ability to be able to, to exist and to do and to be without it having to be some outcome attached to it. Um, we talked about we, we talk about mental health because um, this is like a practice that you want to engage and, com- and consistently build um, and you develop language um, around when something is not going well inside Um, And this is still a work in progress. So what I would suggest to parents is that you need to build your own skills around detecting mental health issues and being honest about mental health um, wellness when homeschooling your only child. Um, It's also important to maybe learn a little bit bit about youth development so that you're also aware of what are some typical behaviors of growing preteens and teens and what are some things you may need professional help for. I think in general, in the Black community, um, many of us were raised with hearing adults refer to children as being bad or um, being very punitive in terms of what children are allowed to do versus what, what adults do. And um, being more knowledgeable about youth development will kind of give you more, better context to kind of understand what what is, na- what is a natural behavior based on a child's development phase. And then within that development phase, what are some signs when positive development is not happening and when some behaviors may be acting out or responding to environmental um, triggers that they may not be able to adequately deal with on their own. Um, and so as a parent, those are the things, that's the toolkit that you wanna build so that then you can respond to your child um, in a way that best best help them. So number four is teach the value of alone time. Um, I literally um, <laughs> join a group on Facebook, um, while I was in graduate school, um, and, and my daughter was in the early years of high school, homeschooling for high school, and it was, it's a Facebook group for people homeschooling the only child, and I swear, it, at least three times a day, folks were posting this group, I'm not a part of this group anymore, but folks were posting this group about, um, anybody located near such and such so that my Billy can have someone to play with um because he's so lonely and (laughs) um just these lonely children and parents going to Facebook to look for friends for their lonely children and um I always had the question of um is is the child actually lonely or is the parent just the need for some other children to play with this child because the child's getting on their damn nerves? I, I just, you know, because there's just so many, so many posts about it. And I just as an adult and interacting with other adults, I understand that there is sometimes a difference between that folks aren't able to distinguish the difference between being alone and being lonely. And so many people naturally assume that being an only child equals being lonely. So I was an only child for six years. and remember those years fondly as being highly reflective and perfectly quiet. (laughs) So no shade to the four siblings my mother eventually had after me. But really, I still remember those early years as being really valuable alone time. And um, I really value quiet. Um, Most children don't naturally crave alone time, but many need it. And the problem arises when we and our children are socialized to believe that being alone means being lonely. And so I found it very important to teach my only child the value of having your own time and space and how being alone does not mean being lonely. So when we are lonely, we are bored. We do not feel like we have the mental stimulation necessary to grow and engage. Social media has not helped with feelings of loneliness because often our children are given... The impression through social media that people are actually engaging with each other more than they actually are we know this as adults we know that you know they that many things are staged every a lot of if not everything that we see on social media is pretty much performative right kids don't really see this or know this when they're on social media so some tips for parents and teaching the value of alone time is to I would say one, um, have conversations with your child around the things um, they discovered or thought about or created and learned while they were were alone or having alone time. Help them see the value in their alone time as being quality time. Um, I would say two is share with your child the ways you refuel and are energized with alone time. Give examples and speak of alone time in a positive light. And then three, I would say, um, have have your children identify their favorite spots in the house or outside of the house um, that are their favorite places to be alone and then share yours and talk about alone time and private space as sacred space. And if you notice, um, these three methods that I gave um, are things that you can do with your child, but they also are, are ways that you as a parent are building your relationship with a long time, recognizing the value. And then these are things that you also can um, begin to put into practice modeling this for your child. And then five, last but certainly not least, my tip when homeschooling an only child is to encourage effective communication. So what does this mean? So I don't want you to confuse effective communication with socialization or public speaking, right? Because um, effective communication doesn't necessarily always involve talking, right? Um, it, it can be the ability to speak up when necessary, but it also is the ability to pay attention to nonverbals um, and tone, recognizing that that's um, part of our communication, the ability to listen, the ability to articulate needs, affirmations, and gratitude as appropriate um so you know those thank yous those um that ability to listen and to hear to to enter a space and observe and to see what's happening even though you're not necessarily um you know entering a space when you're not when you're new to a space and observing what of those nonverbal things happening taking place in space only only children when you have an only child um, they have fewer moments where they actually have to share space or items with other relatives, or even sometimes you as a parent, or so you're so responsive to their needs that you anticipate what their needs are, where sometimes they may not even have to ask for anything. You just give it to them. But um, you can, this can be an ongoing um, learning experience for your child. Um, If you have some, some things, some tools, that you are operating with. So you can encourage effective communication with an only child by doing a few things such as, first you can process with them um, the ways that they feel confident, encouraged, listened to and supported by another person. So ask them, what are those ways that you feel confident? What are those ways that you feel encouraged? What are those ways that you feel listened to? What are those ways that, that make you feel supported? And so from this conversation, this is an entry point to begin, for them to begin identifying these examples of effective communication and um, that then become models that you can reinforce as positive um, ways that folks are communicating. So for instance, um, your child says, I feel really supported when I share my artwork with you and um, you give me a hug and a kiss and you put my artwork on a, refrigerator so in turn you say oh, I love I love that that makes you feel supported. What are ways that you support your friends? What are ways that you show your friends that you support them? And if they, they can think of some ways or they can't think of any ways, then that's an opportunity to say, well, how about, and give them examples of how our actions and our behaviors become ways that we are communicating messages to those people around us. Um, I will recommend also, secondly, Um, for you as the parent to examine your own communication style and to see if it's one that promotes effective communication or it actually models ineffective communication. A lot of times I had posted um, in the Black Family Homeschool Educators and Scholars resource group um, earlier this month, a post that I thought was just, it just touched my heart it was a quote, and I forget the, the gentleman's name who wrote it, but um, it was basically saying how you'd never want to become the person who um, who's changed someone from becoming a person who likes to sing to no longer sing, sharing their song with other people, or um, just basically you don't want to impact somebody. And, and, and kill their dreams essentially because you you've been critical or you don't respond in ways that are affirming or encouraging and so this is really a time for you to um with your only child homeschooling because they're going to be around you for so much time um you know they don't have siblings in the home to practice and have discovery moments And and understand how their communication is impacting the situation so you are the the person that can help them develop these skills by modeling effective communication behaviors, processing this with them, rewarding excellent communication skills in a way that works best for your family. So, of course, these five tips are just a start. But I think these are a great entry point for someone who is homeschooling an only child for the first time. So just to recap, number one, integrate homeschooling in your day-to-day routines and spaces. Two, go outside of your home and make connections. Three, make mental health a priority. Four, teach the value of alone time. And five, encourage effective communication. I wish you infinite wishes for success as you embark on your homeschooling journey. And I thank you for joining us um, and participating in the third annual Black Family Homeschool Educators and Scholars virtual teaching. Be well. Bye.